ברכות דף מ"ג, מסכת ברכות לעילוי נשמת רחמים בן מזל. We begin today's דף on מ"ג עמוד ראשון, we're actually on the top of the עמוד, we're one, two, three, four, five lines down. הסבו אחד מברך, so we learned in the משנה that if people come together to eat and they're sitting בהסבה, they're leaning, which was the way they sat in the olden days, so that indicates that there's a kivirut, that there's a uh, connection between all of them, they're united, and therefore the halakha says one person can make the beracha and exempt everybody. Actually, that's the preferred way to do it, because of the rule that says, Berov'am hadrat melech, that when one person makes the beracha and everybody answers amen, so they're all united, as opposed to everybody, everybody making the beracha uh, themselves. So the Gemara says, Amar Rav lo shanu elapat haseba. Uh, this is only referring to bread. Bread needs a kivirut for this system to work, of one beracha for everybody. Therefore, you need haseba. But yayin lo haseba, but not for wine. Wine itself is not such a uh, kavua item. So therefore, even if the you know, guys get together and they're not leaning, so it doesn't need haseba. One guy can make the beracha for everybody. That's one opinion. Rabbi Yohanan Amar, afilu yayin nameh ba'ay haseba. Even more needs haseba for this to work. Amri. We have another version. That bread haseba works, which means haseba will uh, affect uh, a sauda of bread. Meaning that if you're having bread and they have haseba, one guy can make the beracha for everybody. Which means even if they're leaning, it's not going to work. Which means the type of food of wine, it's not considered a seudah that lends itself to a kibiyut. It's a drink. And they, even though wine is more kabua than most drinks, let's say, but still, even though they're being mesev, nobody's mesev together to have a seudah of yayin. So therefore, it's never considered a kibiyut. Bread, you sit down to have a meal. So therefore, you can say that they're one. But to drink together like that as a meal, you don't drink like that as a meal. Therefore, even if you're being mesev together, it's not considered a kibiyut. Therefore, everybody has to make the separate berachot. So we have a um, opinion in Dika Da'amri of Rabbi Yohanan that's coming up now. The first opinion was Rav. Rabbi Yohanan says, no, haseba will work for uh, yayin. So basically we have a few opinions over here. Regarding bread, there's no mahlukit. Everybody knows by bread, haseba works. Well, when it comes to yayin, one opinion says yayin lo ba'e haseba. One opinion says yayin ba'e haseba. And one opinion says yayin lo mahanya le haseba. have three opinions like be yayin. Again, either yayin needs haseba like bread. And if you have it, one guy can make the barakah for everybody. Or yayin is more lenient than bread. Lo ba'e haseba. Therefore, even if they're just sitting around... One guy can make the barakah for everybody. Or the third opinion, which is the most strict opinion, that even if the mesev is not going to help. There's no such thing as a kibiyut by yayin. Therefore, they always have to make these separate barakah. Now the Gemara is going to ask a question. The question comes like this. The Gemara over here is giving us the seder of how people used to eat in the olden days. Well, first thing, Orchim Nechnasim, the guests arrive. Be Yoshvim al Gabe Safsalin, ve al Gabe 
katedraot, and they sit in the uh, in the outer chamber. Over there, they have benches, katedraot, right? Chairs, stools, and uh, over there is the again, it's the outer room. And what? Until everybody gets there, then they go into the main, uh, the main, uh, the main room. First, they give them water in this antechamber. And everybody makes metila on one hand. It's kavod because they're going to get a cup of wine now. So it's kavod that the hand that they get the cup of wine in is clean. This is not a metila yadaim of mitzvah. It's hygienic. So since they're only using one hand to drink with, so they only wash the hand that they're going to accept the cup with. Uh, formal people. Now the wine comes to them. Okay, so everybody makes their own beracha. Okay, this is uh, understandable according to everybody. They weren't leaning over here anyway they were just sitting around so everybody makes their own uh, their own don beracha nobody uh, nobody has a problem with that unless you hold lo alu now they went into the main room vesebu and they uh, leaned again okay, they get water again even though they all washed one hand because now they're going to eat and they eat with both hands. So hygienically they have to wash their hands, either for bread or because they're gonna eat with both hands. And now wine came. Even though they made the beracha already. Now let's stop over here. Even though they made the beracha already, the khara we learned in the previous Mishnayot that Beracha Layain Shidafneha Mazon Patar Tamayim Shibitoka Mazon Vishalahara Mazon. So why the Khaura did I have to make a Leather beracha on the wine. As she says, because you have shinui makom over here. Different rules. They went in the outer chamber, and now they made a beracha, and they moved rooms. And therefore, when you make a shinui makom, you need to make another beracha. So that's why they're making another beracha. Now it says, when they get into this main room over there, leaning, and it says, Echad the kulam. And one guy makes a beracha for everyone. So now we got to deal with the yayins. Let's get the case again. In the first room, they were just sitting around, nobody was leaning. And we said everybody has to make the beracha for themselves. In the second room it says they were leaning and one guy made the beracha for everyone. Keep in mind now we have to fit this story in with the two or three opinions that we just mentioned above the Gebe Yayin. According to the Lashon, the Amarav, Loshanu Elapat, the Ba'e Haseba, Aval Yayin Lo Ba'e Haseba, Kasharesha. According to Rav that said, Yain doesn't need Haseba, we have a kasha from the Resha. Why in the first room everybody made their own beracha? The Chaurah, if you don't need Haseba, everybody should rely on one beracha. Why do they make separate berachot? The Gemara answers that question. Sha'ani Orchim, the Da'atayu Lemeakar, which is Orchim are different. Orchim, no, they're not a kavu over there. No, they're getting up going to a different room over there. So therefore, since that's the way they came in, knowing that they're not permanent over here, so just standing around, when did Rab say, when that's the place where they're eating? It's the place where they're eating, finished. But since they're not drinking it in the place that they're eating, they're moving to a different room, so that's not considered a even according to um, 
or even according to Rav. Or let's say, I'll tell you another case, Rashi says, Let's say you got three, four guys to get together, not, there's no Seuda. Then you don't need a Kivi'ut, then you don't need a Seba. But here, you're, you're doing the wine in one place, and you're going to the place of Seuda. In that case over there, Rav says, you need a Kivi'ut. And therefore, since they were just standing around, everybody had to make their own beracha. Like, right, right. And and and, and but the Rashi says the Dartayul in Me'akar. If you look at Rashi's Lashon, Rashi says it. Sofan leMe'akar veLaAlot veLeHesev bemkom Acher. They're intending to go to a different. She'en zem makom haMesiba. Elan, this is what you just said, Yosef. So it's a waiting room. So, right, nobody's really kavu on that spot. So the Gemara says, And according to the Lashon that Rav said, That Yain Haseba doesn't even help. What are you going to do with the Sefa? The Sefa said they went into the second room, they were being Meseb. And one guy made the barakah for everybody. So you see, Haseba works. Sha'ani hatam. Demigo de kamahanyale haseba lepat. Mahanyale haseba liayin. Very good. We have a migo. What does the migo say? That already, since we have a haseba that will work for bread. So once already that seba works for bread, which we all agree that a seba works for bread, it makes it a kibi'ut. So that kibi'ut that was made legitimately for bread can be used now for yayin. Meaning, if they were just drinking yayin, and they were being mesev, Rav would say, But this was a meal of bread. How do we know it was a meal of bread? They made it to Nachadayim. They were eating bread. Oh, we all agree that it's a kivi'ut for bread. Uh, once you already established the kivi'ut, it's a kivi'ut for everything. Migod, That's what we say. Gemara continues. Now we learned in the Mishnah that if the wine comes in the middle of the meal, even if they're leaning, if you hold the opinion that says leaning helps, especially everybody says if you're in a Sa'uda, for pat, we just said there's a migo. So the Chaura, why then in the middle of a Sa'uda, everybody should say, that uh, exactly one beracha for all. Shalu et ben zomam apnema amru balehem yain betocha mazon kol echad vecham bevarech laatzmo. However, leachad mazon echad bevarech lekulam. And the answer is amad lehem hoil ve'en bet habliyah panui because the bet habliyah is not panui in the middle of eating. And therefore, what's the problem of the middle of eating? That she says, Exactly. Their, their minds are more important things. Their mind is on swallowing the food. And therefore, they're not, they're not going to hear the beracha. They're too busy eating. What did he say? Oh, you made the beracha. So therefore, their mind is on beta uh, bilia. And therefore, that's the. Exactly. And beta bilia panui. Right. Either because they're eating at the same time, or because they're not going to pay, you know, they, they don't pay attention to stop when he's making the beracha. Let's get to this in the of the Mishnah. Remember, we said at the end of the meals, 
either before Birkat Amazon, like we wanted to learn the Rashi, Tosfot learned it was after Birkat Amazon. They used to bring this Mugmar. Mugmar was like a smoke. They used to put Bissamim in the smoke on the coals, and the Bissamim would cause a, uh, a smell, the uh, aroma that would come out of the smoke, and they would make a Beracha on it. And they would give it to the, to the guy that made the Beracha on the wine. Uh, so he was the guy at the end of the Suda, let's say. Let's say they brought wine at the end of the Suda, so they give it to some guy to make the Beracha for everybody. So it says that guy that makes the Beracha on the wine, they give him also the Beracha on the Mugmar. And we said because he's making the Berachot on the Hana'ot already, you know, the Hana'at have wine at the end of the Suda, so give him the, uh, give him the Mugmar. That implies that really somebody else should have gotten the Mugmar, but we give it to him. As if, who are you coming to exclude? I mean, there was somebody else that we should have given it to. Who you give it to? Imply no. Although we should have might should have given it to the other guy, but we're going to give it to, to Reuven as opposed to Shimon. Why should Shimon be the one that makes the beracha? So Gemara will say, "Medektani vehu omer la mugmar mechlal deika adif mine." Must be that somebody that's uh, that's better, more worthy. Ve'amai. Why? What is that Aleph over there? Nemhak. Yes. So some have this Amai all in parentheses. And we're going to put it in parentheses because it makes more sense to put it in parentheses like the Mahashal does. So these words, put in parentheses. The whole thing. Start from Misayale. We're going to bring a proof that. Uh, that indeed somebody else would be more worthy, but we don't give it to that somebody else. We give it to the guy that made the berachah the yayin. Who's that somebody else? So we give in a similar case by my maharunim. The rule of my maharunim is going to be that they go around the table at the end of the meal they give the my maharunim. So the first guy that makes the my maharunim before everybody else, that's the guy that they give to make the zimun. Even though there might be somebody more worthy than him but since he's the first guy and he has to sit there quiet uh, to after they finish so as if they compensate him with the uh, with the zimun so you see the concept you see that sometimes uh, by the mugmar there might be a better guy like by the Maimah Haronim but uh, we give it to the uh, you know so you have a similar concept where there might be a better guy meaning a worthy guy but nonetheless for other reasons we give it to you know uh, the first guy so it says here Sounds funny, right? means the first guy to do my maharonim. He's the one that makes the berakara. She says, the, the first one that makes my maharonim. That's my maharonim. The first one that makes Nitila Yadayim, which Nitila Yadayim? Baharona, meaning my Maharonim. As she says, Hanotel Davtehila, be my Maharonim, whom is Zuman the Brikatamazon. Rav Ravhiya, Havu Yatve, Kame de Rabbi Besoudata. Okay. Rav and Rabbi Hiya was sitting in front of Rabbi in Sauda. Amar le Rabbi le Rav. So Rabbi tells Rav. Go wash your hands. He told go wash your hands. He was shaking. 
because either he thought that she says that uh, maybe he saw his hands were dirty and he was telling her to wash your hands or maybe eating too much enough so the Vihaya told him he told him the son of the noble one He's inviting you for Zimun. He's telling you to prepare for the Birkat Amazon. It's a kavod. The fact that he's giving you the Maimaharim first, he wants you to be the one that makes the Birkat Amazon. That just shows you that the first guy that made the Maimaharim was the one in the olden days, at least, that they would give the, um, the Birkat Amazon. Again, back to Al-Mugmar. So, really, although there might be somebody more worthy to make the Birkat Amazon, but just like my mom Maharunim, the first guy makes the mom gets to make it, even though there might be somebody else more worthy. That's the same thing with the Mugmar. You don't give it to the biggest Tamil Hakam at the table, you give it to the guy who made the Berachatayai. Amar Rabbi Zera, Amar Okay, now we're going to go to this Mugmar business. At what point in the process do you make the Berachat? We didn't discuss what berakhah you're making it. That's coming up. But whatever the berakhah you're making, which berakhah, when do you make it? When the smoke starts to come up like a stick. The smoke starts coming up. It sounds like before it even reached your nose, you're making the berakhah. You didn't smell it. How are you making a berakhah? That's not a problem. When you make a motzi, did you eat it yet? Adraba, you're supposed to make the beracha before the hana'a, over la siyatan. So Gebra says, Ela, date le mechal. The kavana is you have date eat. Hachaname, date la aruhe. The point is, they're saying, don't make the beracha before the smoke starts to come up. Because before the smoke starts to come up, then it's over de over. You're making the beracha too early. So they're telling you, listen, we know you have to make the beracha before the hana'a comes to, but how, how early? Wait till the smoke starts to come up. Before it reaches your nose, you know that there's a smell, obviously, that you can make the beracha. Amar bihaya beredera bered abab nachmani. Amar of Hazda. Amar of Amar of Amrila. Amar of Hazda. Amar Zaidi. Call a Mugmarot, Bevarchim, Adehen, Bore, Atse, Besami. Which was really the custom. Basically, they would put uh, different herbs, or diff- uh, herbs is the wrong word, different items that come from a tree, and they would put that in the smoke. And the Hadush of here is that even though you're taking the tree and you're burning it, doesn't matter. The Hakamim still said the smoke is giving the smell from the tree and therefore that's considered a rayah of the tree and therefore you make the beracha bore atzeh besamim. The majority of the uh, 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 fragrances that we use for this mugmar were from the tree. No, from the tree. Hadas, uh, jasmine, you know, all these different items that grow on the tree that have a good smell. Uh, they would take it, put it in the fire, and it would give a smell. What's the musk? So Rashi says, this is the type of besamim. And where does it come from, Rashi says? Rashi says, Shehu min haya, the Gemara's Lashon is Shehu. The Gemara's Lashon is Shemin Hayahu. Rashi says, what does it mean, min haya? His Lashon is, min haya. It comes from the excrement. Of the haya, some say it comes from the sweat of the haya. Okay, you can't say aser on this musk. You can only say mine. Sometimes they would put the musk on the mugmar, 
That's right. And the Chamavadya, I love a very good halfon. Chamavadya uses this as a tremendous proof to learn that you can make a beracha on synthetic perfumes. Rav Shlomo Zaman Oyabach came along and said that while you're allowed to make a beracha, well, you're supposed to make a beracha on natural stuff, but on chemically generated perfumes, he said you don't. And his reason was why. He said because each ingredient on its own doesn't have a good smell. It's only when you put them together, so then they get a good smell. So it means intrinsically the smell of these ingredients is not necessarily good. Therefore, you can't make a beracha on something that does not intrinsically have a good smell. brings from musk. Rashi says the musk came from the re'i of the behemah. Obviously, you were not smelling it alone. Obviously, you took other things and you mixed it in in order to give it a good smell. Or it came from the sweat glands. Obviously, it didn't smell good at all. And still, the Gemara is saying, when you mix it up to make it have a good smell, that already you go according to the final fragrance. And the final fragrance is good. You make bodem minibes samim. And that's why Chamavadyal of Shalom. He went back and forth on this, but the Maaseh he held, and he holds that even on regular perfume that you buy, you know, that's not natural or anything like that, as long as it has a good smell that's uh, favorable to you, you make the Berakha Boremine So now, the Gemara says, We have a question. A parsemon was this balsam, uh, which is a special type of uh, tree that produces a special type of oil. Rashi uh, says, Actually, not making it on the oil, Rashi says. The tree of the parsemon. Uh, and also that was a hashuv one of the Caesar they used to have it also Rashi says it's an expensive item so only princes have it so the Kesar you make Atzeh on it and on Hadas that is now Rashi says not only these are not the only animals you make Atzeh B'Samim on Rashi says V'hu Adin Nechol HaDomeh Lahim which means as long means you're smelling the actual wood, not the sap that's inside of the wood. Okay, the reason why I picked Hadas because that's Shriya. Right? Sounds like over here that the only time you make Atsebisamim is on the actual tree, like a hadas, like a parsimon, where they bring the tree in front of you. But if you smoke it, it sounds like you're not going to make an atzeb. You just said the beracha on mugmar is atzeb esamim. Now you're telling me, no, you don't make the beracha on smoke. On smoke, the beracha would be mone bineb esamim. So Gebra says, tiyufta. This is a tiyufta. This is a question. It comes out if you say it's a real tiyufta. There should not be a beracha on uh, on mugmar. The maaseh we hold that we do make a beracha on mugmar. That's where Maran holds. The Shtosfot explains this over here and says, "Baal hadachot kedorot lo garis tiyufta." Takes away the tiyufta. 
So if you take away that word tiyufta, the bahag, now we know why we can posek like that. But with this word tiyufta here will be problematic. We continue on the first wide line. Amar le Rav Hazda le Rav Yitzchak. Hai mishchad de aparsimon. Here's the oil. The oil that comes out of the aparsimon. So let's review. The aparsimon tree itself. But now you crushed it up and you made oil out of it. Okay, he loved Eretz Israel. So he said, the blessing that comes from our land. Okay, he loves Eretz Israel, so therefore he makes, uh, she says, Ah, that's why they called it. That's why they called the city Yiriho. Because it was a city that had a good smell. Because this balsam stuff grew in Yiriho. The old ping. Okay, it's the ping that grows. And he says, That's why I saw the sifra of Yosef Ben Gurion. So he says, Leave Rabbi Yehuda. Al Tabidi da Yamid. You can go back to Israel. Right. He held you. We learned it. We learned it very well. Continue. With, uh, no, that's your question. Let me articulate what your question is because you don't want to articulate. <laughs> He's asking me a question. He's saying above, we learned in the Gemara, many will give us the daf, <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> that uh, that uh, one time one of the rabbis uh, was going to Eretz, he wanted to go to Eretz Israel, and he knew not to ask Rabbi Huda because Rabbi Huda held, you know, uh, that you're not supposed to go to Eretz Israel until Mashiach comes like Babela, Yavu, right? You'll go to Babela, Veshama, Yahanu, and you'll stay over there until, until God takes you out. So Adrabah, he held that you're not supposed to go to Israel. So he's asking, Adrabah, there you see, it was not that he didn't uh, love Eris Israel. He had a pursuit that uh, to, to go back. But Adrabah, Adrabah, Israel. He had a tremendous, and he had a yearning. Don't the Sadiqim have a yearning to go back to He just held, you have to wait until the uh, until this month. Okay, but nice, uh, nice memory there. So the Gemara says, the Kula al Mamai, you know, for all those that don't have that same love of Eretz Israel, what Barakah do you make? Amaleh Haki Amar Buchanan, Bore Shemin Arev. Okay, God creates Shemin Arev, you know, this uh, pleasant, pleasant oil. And that is the halakha, by the way. Amar of Adabrahava, Hai Kashrata. Kashrata is kosht. It's one of the uh, 11 spices of the Besamim, of the Ketoret. Asuri, Vasipor, and Vahadbena, Vahadlebona, Mor, Usia, Vishabodaned, Koschenem Asan. So Kosch is one of the spices. Vahadim et lave, Bore Atsebisamim. Aval, Mishak Visha, lo. Maza Mishak Visha, as she says, Shemen Shebot Tamuna Kosht. They put the Kosht in the oil. So the oil absorbs the smell of the kosht and gets a smell. So the Gemara says, no, but there's no berachav atzeh besamim on the oil. Yes, why not? You can't make a berachav atzeh besamim, especially if the kosht is still there. If the kosht is still there, 
and it's giving a flavor to the oil, but you're smelling the oil, but it's still there, there's no problem to make a beracha. Aval mishchat techina, lo. What is it techina? Shetachanu bo kashrata. Tachanu bo mo is if they... Um, they grinded it. So the Gemara says, "Nehar de Amar Afidu Mishchat Tachina." What's the difference if they grind it? Bottom line, it still gives a, um, it still gives a smell. We turn to the Amud Bet. Amar Rav Gidal, Amar Rav. Hi Simalak. Okay, the she says Yasmin. Korin lo belshon Yishmael. And then she tells us uh, how it grows. Three and three rows of three. Maram brings this case as well. Mm-hmm. Now she says this is a bosom that's called Ashpig. Spikenard. Spikenard. Okay, that's one of the spices as well. Okay. And it grows like flax. Okay, and we know that flax, the Gemara is going to prove us as a tree, and therefore this item grows like flax, therefore it's going to be How do you know that flax, which is like a flax item, is a tree? We know that by the Habazona, when she went to hide the Malach, so it says, it calls the Pishtan, Pishteh Ha'etz. And this thing grows like Pishtan, so therefore you see it's Atzeh. Rav Mishar Shia Amar, Hai Narkom de Ganunita. What is Narkom? She calls it Habasele Tasharon. Okay. What is it in English? It's a rose. Okay. A rose. Okay, we like the rose. Sharon is a rose. Or a lily. I just want to point out to you that Halakha also says that rose water is also atsebisamim. A lot of times the people say, Minebisamim on rose water. It's a mistake. The water that comes from the rose directly, it really looks like a milky item. The Berakha is atsebisamim. Okay, the original pure rose water, that's the mezahar, that's the pure one, is atse. The dabra, now the one that grows in the fields, uh, that's, I'm sorry, the one that grows in the gardens is atse besemi, but there's a rose or a lily that grows in the fields, wild. The dabra, bore I guess because it's not a tree, it grows on the ground like an herb. Amar of Sheshat, hani sigli. Siglera, she says, Vilush. That's a violet. Beverkin Allah, Elayu, Bore Esbe Besamin. Okay. Amar Mozutra. Haiman de Murah be etroga, Oba Habusha. He smells an etrog, or he smells like an apple. Omer Barushanatan Reahtov, Baperot. That's the halakha. Even though primarily these items are for eating. So therefore, we don't say atzeh besamim because they're primarily made for eating. However, we make a special beracha noten reyachtov aperot. Achav Avadiah says, and he practiced this that the same beracha will be on a lemon. That when you smell a lemon, you make noten reyachtov aperot, and he has proofs that even though the smell comes from the peel and not the actual fruit itself, he says nonetheless the beracha is noten reyachtov aperot. Amar Rav Yehuda. Haiman de Nafik be Nisan. Guy comes in the month of Nisan. And he sees the trees are starting to blossom. Ilane is plural. 
Omer, he must make a beracha. Baruch shelo chesed ba'olamo kelum. He did not uh, diminish anything in this world. Ubarabo b'riyot tovot, ilanot tovot, le'etnaot bahem b'nei adam, so we could have hana'ah. Now the Gemara, of course, here says, Yomei Nisan, Chavavajah holds the Maaseh from the Rishonim, I think it's a Ritva, that Nisan lav davka. It's just the Gemara chose Nisan because that's when the Ilanot are milab but let's say when the season comes late. So then you can do it in the yard. Or let's say you're in Australia, and in Nisan is the winter. So therefore, you're not going to be able to make Perkate Ilanot. So therefore, it goes according to the normal season. Here they were talking in Eretz Israel, so they were talking Behoveh, that's Nisan. Based on this, there's a famous question. Is Birkata Ilanot a mitzvat aseh shazman gerama? So even if you want to say that you can make it in Nisan and Iyar, but you can't make Birkat Ilanot now, so basically it's really based on time. But this, I saw in a sefer called Mahazeh Eliyahu that, exactly, that's not called based on time. Lu Yitzuyar, the trees would blossom now, you'd be able to make the Beracha now. It's just that because of weather-related issues, you can't make the Beracha, but that's not a Zman Gerama. The Zman is all year long, technically. It just happens to be that uh, it, the, 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 because, of the, because of the nature, it happens in Nisan time. So it's not a China Nisan, necessarily. It's a Dinin. And that would be the same question you come along and say, well, yeah, but it's not. It's really based on, uh, happens to be that the moon only looks like that on the seventh day or whatever it is. But you know, it looked like that a different day. It's just going in natural order. So you can't say it's based on a time. That's a, anything that's based on a natural cycle of the Biriah is not considered a time item. As opposed, let's just look at the other side. As opposed, where the Torah says you got to do this on the fifteenth of Nisan, there you can't do it on the fourteenth, and you can't. It's not like well, if the fifteenth of Nisan falls out of the Shabbat Av, it's not going to happen. The fifteenth of Nisan is that day. That's the day. So that's considered what Asesos Magenam. But all these other cases that I gave you are uh, 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 not subject. Now, I'm not saying that ladies are necessarily hayavot in these mitzvot. There's a famous Hatam Sofer that wanted to say ladies are exempt from the the Banam mitam siniut. Because it's not the Torah will not have a lady to you know a bunch of ten ladies standing in the middle of the ocean parkway <laughs> dancing <laughs> in front of the whole yeshiva that wouldn't be uh, you know modest. So therefore they exempted from these type of uh, these type of mitzvah. Nonetheless, the Gemara continues. Amar Rav Zutra Bar Amar Rav. Unbelievable question. I don't even understand the question. You have a hana'ah, you make a beracha. Didn't we establish that already in the beginning of the sixth beracha? Mm-hmm. We said already, if a person is nehaneh from this world without a beracha, he's gozel makadosh baruch hu, he's gozel mekaneset Israel. Now the Gemara all of a sudden forgot all that principle. The Gemara should say ibid. The Gemara should say ayen cham. We, 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 we learned it over there. So there's different uh, there's different explanations over here. Let's get the answer first. Shene Emar, Kol Neshamat Haleliyah, Ezehu Davar, Shaneshama Nehenit Memenu, Venaguf Nehenem Memenu, Aveomer Zehaleliyah. So there's the answer. I would have thought that maybe only items that the goof is Neheneh. That's when you have to make a beracha. 
But this, the Gemara says, it's an item that actually goes inside the body. It bypasses the goof itself and goes right inside to where the neshama is nehene. So I might have thought that maybe on a spiritual hana'a uh, like that, that's not necessarily gufani. The reya, you can't even see it. It's just what you're smelling is ruhani. So I would have thought maybe on a, on, on a hana'a ruhani, maybe there's no beracha kamashmanan, the neshama is nehenit. So you make a beracha. There's a deeper explanation to this. There's a deeper explanation to this. The reason why we make berachot is in order to be mevarer nitzotzot, nitzotzot that fell into the creation at the time that Adam Rishon was nehenef from etzadat, and therefore, as a result, we need to be maaleh those nitzotzot in the creation through our berachot. If you look at the text when Adam and Hava ate from the tree, it says all the senses were involved from feeling it, because it says she touched it. Well, before she touched it, it says she saw it, but uh, she also uh, tasted it, obviously, and she talked to the snake, and therefore she was able to hear the deception and hear the seduction. The only thing that the Torah doesn't say she did was smell it. So the smell was never nifgam. So therefore there's a habamina to think maybe you only have to make berachot on things that need a tikkun in the world as a result of etzadat. But since the reyah was never nifgam, as a matter of fact, the reyah is connected to the neshama, which was not nifgam at that time, so maybe there's no berachah. But the Gemara says, you're right. That even though it's not like the goof, and therefore that part of the body was not nifgam at the time of the hat, so that still, since the neshama is getting a hana'ah from it, whatever hana'ah that is, something that comes into the body, nonetheless one has to make a beracha. I saw a, a question that's, uh, that's brought down. Uh, if you bring me, uh, bring me the Alkut Yosef, the Besamim. English. He writes like this. He has Akdamat, the fragrances. I know. I've been reading these Akdamot because I think they're very well written and there's a lot of knowledge in them. Our sage is taught in Berachot 43b. Rab said we are obligated to recite a blessing before enjoying a pleasant fragrance, as the verse states in Tehilim Every soul will praise God. Hallelujah. What is that? <laughs> what is it that brings pleasure to the soul but not to the body? It is a fragrance, a pleasant fragrance. Maran that is shown that Sion and Hazor of Vadya explained our sages needed a specific source for these blessings, since we would not automatically assume that a blessing is necessary before smelling a fragrance, just as one is necessary before enjoying a food or beverage. If someone eats or drinks without reciting a blessing, it is considered he stole consecrated property, as our sages taught earlier, like we learned in Berachot. However, regarding sound, sights, and fragrances, our sages taught that uh, there's no me'ilah. So me'ilah only applies to something that's tangible. So if you're telling me what that was the language of the Gemara, ki'ilu ma'al. So en me'ilah bereyah. If you smell the korbanot, we don't say, oh, you were mu'ayin kushar hana'ah. So maybe there's no me'ilah, there's no berakhah. That's what Akam says. 
the Torah does not charge one with theft for seeing consecrated property, for hearing its sounds or smelling its fragrances. Therefore, we would have reason to think that no blessing is necessary to smell any fragrance. Nice answer. Now, why didn't the sages institute a berachah haronah on fragrance? The berachah haronah on foods. Our sages not institute any blessing to be recited after smelling a pleasant fragrance, as they taught in Nida. Rashi explained that the pleasure one derives from smelling a pleasant fragrance is negligible and does not warrant the berachah haronah. Next, I guess, means it's so small, it's not a, it's not a big shi'ud. The Devush offered a different rationale. Regarding someone who ate or drank, if someone postpones reciting a beracha haruna until the food he has eaten has been digested, it is no longer permissible to recite the blessing. When someone smells a pleasant fragrance, the pleasure is gone. It's like it's digested. And therefore, he can't make a beracha haruna, he ceases smelling it. Thus, there is never an opportunity to recite a beracha haruna on a fragrance. This explanation was offered by the Orchot Chaim and the Kolbo, who preceded the Levush by several centuries. The Benish Hai in Parashat Bet Hanan gave a different explanation for the lack of Beracha Harona for fragrances. Baran Dilish, we have it? He doesn't bring it. We have it? Benish Hai? commented that all these explanations are simply other ways of understanding Rashi's words. It is a negligible pleasure. Which is in Nida, that's Rashi's Lashon. Like it's a And therefore they all want to understand what does it mean, Hanamu'etet, why it doesn't need a Barakah or not. Rafenu Asher bin Haim approached this question from a different angle. He wrote, And when someone eats, his body is nourished. And the benefit of the food remains as part of him. The food is digested, the liver distributes its nutrients to all the parts of the body. This calls for berakah harona. A pleasant fragrance, however, provides no physical sustenance or nutrition at all. Only the soul benefits from it. So there's no berakah on that. The Aruch explains that in order to become obligated to recite a berakah harona, one must either eat kezayit or food or if he ate a beverage. It is not possible to measure how much a person benefited from smelling a fragrance. So what's the shi'ud? Finally, the Kata'im Sofer reasoned that it is possible to become obligated to recite a beracha haruna after eating or drinking because one can eat or drink only so much. At some point, the person becomes full and cannot continue eating. When smelling a fragrance, however, there is not the case. A person continues to smell the fragrance endlessly and wish to continue. Therefore, there's no beracha, which means a beracha haruna only comes when it has a, an end point. Comes an end. It's an end. But there's no end when it comes. There's no end when it comes to smelling the bontai. The rabbi asked over here, "What about a beracha for light?" Oh, we do like a beracha for light in the morning. You said or or but uh, for other Hanaot, the Ramban explained that no blessing was instituted for the pleasure of having light. If there would be such a thing, we would be expected to recite all day long. We are not obligated, though, since the benefit of light is not ingested within our bodies. Likewise, if someone cools off by bathing in cold water, it's Hana'ah, or he relaxes in a hot bath, no blessing is required for this pleasure, nor is any blessing required for the pleasure of feeling a cool breeze on a hot day, and certainly not for the benefit of having light. Our sages institute blessings for pleasures that are ingested into one's body, eating, drinking, smelling. Based on this reason that Kim Moshe cited Tosafot, and the Mordechai expressed did not institute a blessing as a prayer for enjoying daylight or the light of a fire. The blessing we recite for the light of fire each Saturday night, which we just did, 
is one of praise, not of payment. Mm. No, it's not a berkat no, nehenin. It's a berkat asheva. We're praising God that for our enjoyment. It's not a berkat for the enjoyment of it. It's a berkat that He created Lana Motzei Shabbat. The big question is the sound of music. How come we don't make a berakha music? music? Enjoy music. Hear a nice song. Why don't you make a berakha before you hear the Hanaf songs? Darkeh Moshe mentioned as well that our sages did not institute any blessing for the pleasure of listening to pleasant sounds. For the same reason, our physical bodies receive no benefit from sounds. Rabbeinu Bachaya explained that no blessing was instituted for listening to pleasant sounds since they are intangible. Although fragrances are also intangible, <coughs> the source of each fragrance, be it a fruit or an herb, or a per- so I guess the violin is not tangible. Uh. Why not? You have the violin. Yeah, why not? The violin is there. Okay. The string is there. If the string is there, the guy's voice is tangible. His vocal cords are there. It's not like something there. It's not coming from, from anywhere. Be it the fruit and herb or perfume. The fragrances, the fragrance is tiny molecules of matter. That's the pshat. That if you look at the fragrance in a microscope, I guess, I guess if you look at the sound waves, you'll also see something. More so, actually. But you're not going to see molecules. You're going to see you can see waves. It's not a tangible item. That's a, by the way, a pleasant sound is the result of waves caused by friction of air in a person's throat or a musical instrument. But those sound waves are not part of the instrument's essence. It means the fragrance that comes out of the hadas, the minutes. It is interesting to note that Abotai, this is a fantastic hadush that had of David. That's a good hadush. You leave the violin on the table, it's not doing anything. But if you have the fruit on the table, it still smells. Whether or not you're there. Very good, you're right. <laughs> it is interesting to note that Harav David ben Zimra, but, but, but that's not his hadush. That's not as critical because you put an apple in a bag on the table. Yeah. It's also not emanating a, 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 a smell that you can that you can smell. No, the point is his point is one is something that's tangible coming out of the apple, and the violin is not putting something tangible, even if it's being played on the table. Mm-hmm. Right. The waves, the waves, the waves are being played. Even if you have the the, the, the piano being played. The bottom line was coming out of it is not a tangible, it's just yeah. a bunch of air. It's a sound wave. Right. That apple sitting on the table, what's coming out of it, if you look at the microscope, you'll see something. How that came out he, said, the no, the, 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 he said that even because the sound, because you ha, even though the sound might, the, the, the fragrance is not tangible, the item is coming from is tangible. No, the, that, but then he explains it better when he uh, said, uh, but the waves are not explaining like that. that. Okay, That's what he means. What one has molecules and one has nothing. That's a nice explanation. It is interesting to note that Harav David ben Zimra ruled that when someone plays music on an instrument, he must recite a blessing for the pleasant sound he produces. But one does not recite a blessing for listening to music played by someone else. Amazing. If you make your own music, you make a berakha. You listen, you know, according to the explanation of Ben Ubahia, there shouldn't be a difference. Because there's no difference in the makeup of the sound waves, whether you're playing it yourself or listening to it. The Bnei Yisachar finally commented and recommended that whenever someone is about to enjoy some pleasure, 
which no blessing was instituted, he should find a way to praise God. He should take some food and recite the blessing of Shakul Yabit Baro. That's it. That's, that's, that's the Menag. Yeah. When you listen to music, you get a drink, yeah. nice. make a Shakul, <laughs> and you have Kavanah to drink. It's going to be potent. Nice. Wow, that's beautiful. How can I put it? Oh, the Bahurim of Israel eventually are going to give a fragrance like the fragrance of the Lebanon. The Baalei Musar explained that what does it mean Bahurim? Because the Bahurim have tremendous nesionot. Bahur is not married. The Bahur has tremendous nesionot from the Yetzirah before he gets married. And they kovesh the Yetzirah, the Bahurim, and they go to Yeshiva and they learn Torah. And therefore specifically the Bahurei uh, Yisrael, uh, they're going to exude a fragrance the Lebanon over there they had the strong trees of Lebanon Lebanon, and the tree of Lebanon is a strong tree and because the Bahurim had strong willpower not to give it to the Yetzirah so therefore they're going to have a Midah they're going to give a a fragrance which is a sign of their uh, spiritual accomplishment that God made everything proper in its time. This is an amazing thing. That a Kadosh Baruch Hu made it at the time of the Gezerah. When the child is born, he decides he's going to be Ashir or Ani, and maybe also it's decided what trade he's going to be. The Hadush is that everybody finds uh, an attraction to the trade that he chooses. It's a big chesed. Otherwise, if certain trades would be uh, 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 disgusted by certain people, the world would not be able to function. So the guy that works in the sewer, he loves going to work every morning. And the exterminator loves dealing with bugs all day long. And uh, the guy who's an air traffic controller, which is very tedious work, he loves it. And uh, the, 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 the electrician loves it. And everybody loves their job. The garbage guy, he loves it. And the, the rabbi loves it. So everybody, everybody has their job. Although, when somebody else looks at the job, says, well, how do you take it? But it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of the miracles of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. He makes the person have a, you know attraction to that. So the world goes around. Amara Papa, I know the Abne Inche, and the Gemara says that you know everybody does what they do. So the, the old adage goes like this: Talala Koral Davaracher, hang a piece of hearts of palm on the neck of a pig Davaracher. Why are you hanging it around his neck? Because you don't want it to get dirty. 
See, hanging around his neck, a clean piece, so he'll eat it. And what does he do? He does what he does. He goes and wallows in the mud. Which means, you, you, you're you trying to save him from that dirty job. But he likes it. So he takes the gourd, or whatever that cord, you put around his neck clean, and he goes and he dirties it, and he eats it dirty. Because that's what he does, he likes it. Now we're the Gemara's changing gears for a second. The Gemara says that it's dangerous to walk alone at night because the mazikim are out. Unless you're walking with two people or it's light outside. For example, either you're carrying a torch or there's moonlight. So the Gemara is going to discuss the different things that can protect the person from mazikim when he's walking at night. So Amarav, Avuka Kishnayim. That when a guy's walking with a torch in his hand, it's like there's two people. Now we're not telling you yet what's the difference between one person, two people, or three people, but there must be a difference. So they're saying if you have an avuka in your hand, count yourself as two. And the moon, if the moon is out, the moon is like three. I think I'm not going to ask a question. Is the moon like three plus the guy, so that's four? Mm-hmm. Or is the moon like two plus the guy, and it's three? The Gemara is going to conclude that it cannot be four because we never found any issue with Mazikim and the number four. We see issues with Mazikim with one person, two people, and three people. Four is not an item. So there would never be an Inyan to have four. The Gemara asks, Ibaya lehu, Avuka Kishnaim. When you say that the avuka ishnayim is like two, does it mean with the guy? Or is the avuka alone two? That's the, we didn't get to the moon yet. Now we're about a torch. Tashema. The yareach kishlosha. The yareach we said is like three. I amar pishlama shapir. If you say the moon is three with the guy, we understand. If you say it's three without the guy, that means you have the moon plus the guy. What's the number four? Why? If there's one guy out alone at night, the mazik comes out and damages. Two people walking, the mazik appears and scares them, but it cannot be mazik. That's it. After three, it won't show up. So therefore, there's no inyan to have four. That when we say avuka kishnayim, means avuka with the guy, meaning the yareyah also with the guy is three, which means the yareyah is two, Plus the guy is three, therefore in on it. The Amar Morzutra Bartuvia Amar Rav the Amrila Amar of Hana Barbizna Amar of Shimon Hasida the Amrila Amar of Yohana Mishum Bishimon Ben Yohai Noah Lone Adam She appeal at small the Tokiv Shana Esh the Al Yelbin Penehabero Barabim Minalan Metamar Shneemar he mutzet. The Gemara here says that a person should opt to throw himself in a fiery furnace and not embarrass somebody in public. And the proof is from where? Tamar. Tamar. Tamar 
did not want to embarrass Yehuda by saying that he's the father. So instead, she was willing to get burnt. Over here, even you have a bigger proof. She was willing to burn herself as well as the two babies that were inside of her. Now, whether she knew she had twins or not, but she knew she was pregnant. And therefore, she was willing to die in order not to embarrass. Now, the language of the Gemara is very, very significant. The Gemara does not say, Le'olam yapil atzmo the Gemara uses in Lashon Noah. What does that mean, Noah? So one explanation is, is that it sounds like what would be easier for the person? It would be easier for the person <laughs> to embarrass the guy in public is clearly easier than jumping into a fiery furnace. But if the person knows how dangerous it is to embarrass somebody in public, so then already it'll be noah for him. So you have to get to that level where it's noah to you, which you understand the damage of Malbin that you say, I have two options. This is the, the easier option. This is the noah option. Meaning that it's easier for me to jump in. Uh, the second explanation is, is that obviously these moments happen spontaneously. You, you, always these great moments you don't have a warning, you know, three days like Avram did before Akedat Yitzhak they happen and you got to make a snap decision what should I do so therefore, what the Gemara is saying is you have to train yourself that when the spontaneous Nisayun comes, it'll be Noah it'll be easy for you to make decisions which means it's almost as if it's a habit, it's a second nature now that second nature doesn't happen at the time of Nisayun, that means your whole life you have to be walking around thinking so when it comes, your, your body is so... And I saw this brought down, this concept from Ravnissan Alpert. Ravnissan Alpert was the Tamid of Ramosha Feinstein. Ravnissan Alpert says that when the Torah says, V'nikdashti betoch b'nei Yisrael. Now, Grammatically, that word v'niktashti is a funny word. V'niktashti sounds like, and my name should be sanctified. It sounds like something that's done automatically. That's where we learn Kiddush Hashem from. So Rav Nisan Alpin asks, it should say, Tehem Mekadesh. Tehem Mekadesh. just sounds like, through you, the Kiddush Hashem should happen. So he says, it has to happen by itself because nobody prepares for a Kiddush Hashem. Kiddush Hashem happens a spontaneous moment, so you have to be ready that when it happens, you don't have to think. It'll just automatically be drawn to make the Kiddush Hashem, and that takes practice. And where does he bring his proof from? An incredible proof that when Abi Akiva was being raked by the Romans, what does he say? Kol Yamai, all my life I'm preparing for this. But Kol Yamai, you think this this moment over here is just spontaneous for me? All my life I'm waiting, I'm playing this scenario on my mind. So when it happens, so now it's happening. So all my preparation for what? So when it happens, that I won't do it. So the Biakibas Kiddushim was the Inyan of Nikbenigdashti. It was a result of many years of mental preparation for it to happen. So that's what came on a single beer. When it happens, this Nisayon, it should be Noah. And you say to the guy, how is it so easy? It wasn't easy. 
guy was working on this moment for 50 years. So when the moment came, it looked very, very natural. It's like uh, somebody that you know remembers his lines in a play. You say, wow, it's incredible. How do you remember all those lines? It's Noah. It's Noah. He's been preparing for a year to remember his lines, so he makes it look like it's easy. But it's not, it's not easy at all. That's that's Rabbi Akiva. Rabotai, we continue. Tarura Banan. Eviu lefanav shemen vehadas. Okay, I guess at the end of the meal. That she says they brought shemen lasuchi adav lehavir zohamata ochlim. Okay, they brought the, uh, the oil and here yeah, to clean his hands from the zohama. And the hadas they brought to smell. Bet Shemay Omri mevarech al Hashemen. Can the Ed Hashemen had a smell? And then you make the beracha of Hagem mevarech al Hadas. So the oil comes first. I guess you say Borei Hashemen Arev, and then you say the beracha and the Hadas Atzeh. Ubet Edel Omri mevarech al Hadas, v'Hagem mevarech al Hashemen. One, you're doing it for the smell purposes and one is a secondary to give your hands a smell and more to get the zuhama off so it could be it's not as important Amar now you have to say you have to say that if you're making a beracha on the shaman it's to smell it if the only kavanah was to the avira zuhama there would be no smell that's a big question when a person puts perfume on in the morning so he says, you don't make a berakha. That you're doing it in order to give a good smell for other people when they smell you. To take away the, the sweat on your face or whatever it is. But you're not doing it so you can smell it necessarily. Unless you take the box and you smell it. Okay, then you have to make a berakha. But uh, per, per, perspirant, what do you call it? The deodorant. The deodorant, you're doing it to get rid of the zohama. You're not doing it to have the smell. But you want that smell to cover up the zohama. So therefore, there's no berachah in such cases over here. But in this case over here, must be admitting that the shaman has a smell, and you want to smell it. But but not like Rashi. So how you making the berachah? Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. No, but you have to say there's a smell to it. You have to say shaman asuchi adav labiz zuhamat ochtiv v'hadas ladiyah kemoshe amarnu. I hear what you're saying. Rashi says tosfot. Clearly says that it's talking about Shemin Nariyah. Smell it. Do you have to say So what says, I'm going to make a a compromise between the two tzaddikim. Shemen zachinu lerechov zachinu lesichato. Shemen has two benefits. We smell it and we're able to anoint us. Hadas lerechov zachinu. You can smell it, but lesichato lo zachinu. So therefore, make the beracha on the shemen first, and then make the beracha on the hadas because of these benefits. Amar of Yohanan halacha kedavre amachliya. The father follows the machliya, which is he sided with Bet Shammai. So he came to Rav Ika's house. I told the Kamayu Shemen vehadas. Let's say that the oil they're talking about is the balsam oil. Right, right, right. Right. Only Shemen Adib, but a Shemen Adib, as opposed to Atzeh, because then you make one Berachah for both. I told the Kamayu Shemen vehadas story. 
Shakal Papa, Barich Ahadas Bereshai, made a Berachan Hadas first, Vadar Barich Ashemen. Then he made the Berachan the oil. Amar Le, Losavar Le, Mor Halakak, and Vreham Machria. Don't you say that Halakazak the Machria that says Bechamai? Amar Le, Haki Amarava, Halakak, Betelel. He said, What do you mean? Rabbah told us that Halakah follows Betelel. So that's why I didn't follow the Machria. Now listen to this Gemara here. If you have this Girsa, I'd rather not have this Girsa because it's a hard Girsa to have. But the Girsa that we have says, Velahi, which means he got caught by following Betelel. He, he forgot that you're supposed to follow the Machria. So when he told him, hey, how come you don't follow the Machria? He said, no, no, Ravaz says the Halakhah like Betelel. But Ravaz never said it. He just said it in order to to cover himself up so he doesn't get caught. He followed the Betelel. The rabbi told him, what are you following for? Don't you know that Rabbi Hanan said the Halakhah like Betelel? He said, no, 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 but you didn't hear what Ravaz said. Ravaz said the Halakhah is like Betelel. I think it was Velahi. It's not true. It's hard to say this because the way we're seeing is a Shakran. So that's why I'd rather uh, uh, say that this Gilsa here is un, uh, doesn't doesn't appear in our Gemara. We don't have to say anything. The Gra takes it out. Okay, so there you go. Okay, that's it. I'm rather that. I'm sure you can get out of it somehow. I'm sure that Sadiqim talk about it. But our easiest way is just to take it out. You hear a lot of people uh, do that. You know, they, they get. They know you don't have the book. They know you're not checking it out. Okay, go lie and jam. Okay, new item now. They bring in front of the guy shemen v'yayin, wine and oil. This is oil over here of Boreh Shemen Adev. Okay, the rule is whatever Berachah you're going to make first, you hold in your right hand. So he says, put the oil in your right hand. Put the wine in your right hand. Now we're talking over here. So the interesting thing it says over here is that after Tamir puts the oil on his hand, the Kabbalah is going to teach us it's not kavod for Tamir to go in the street with a smell of the Samim. So it says, then call the shamash and wipe the, the remnants on his forehead, which means you know, clean it off, clean it off. Now, bim shamash tamid hakam, so the shamash tamid hakam. So then tahob akotel. So then wipe your hands on the wall. But first do the shamash. But if he's a tamid hakam, then go to the door on the wall. The pnei. Now, what's the reason you're doing this here? Why are you wiping off the remnants? She genai le tamid hakam la tzit la shuk keshehu mebusam. So therefore. It's genai for Tamir Acham to go into the marketplace when he has besamim on his uh, on himself and he smells. We'll see why now. Shisha devarim genai lo letamid hakam. The six things that are genai that are derogatory for Tamid Achamim to do. Al yitzei kishum mebusam nashuk. He should not go when he has besamim on in the market. By yitzei hadi badlad. He shouldn't go out late at night alone. By yitzei b'min alayim ametulayim. He should not go out with shoes that are patched. The al yisaped im isha bashuk. He should not speak to a lady in the market. The al yisib b'habura shul ameha aris. He should not sit in a group of amher aris. The al yikanes b'harona lebet hamidrash. He shouldn't be the last in 
Tenebet HaMidrash. Meyesh Omrim, Af lo yafsiya pisiya gasa, he shouldn't take big strides. Ve'ad yihalech bekoma zekufa, and should not walk with koma zekufa. I know people that do all six, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Gemara says, <laughs> "Amazing! You think you don't want to talk? I, I can think of the guy. They go all in there." Gemara says, "Gemara says, Al mebusam lashuk." Okay, now we go to the reasons. Why shouldn't he go when he's mebusam with pesamimon? Amar Abba bered Rafiyabar Abba Amar Biyuharam Kom Shachudim Al Meshkav Zachur. It's in a place. With his hashad, why would the men wear besamim to attract? So, if in a place with his hashad for that, so we're concerned. So, therefore, he should not go mebusam lashuk because of the hashad of mishkav. She says mebasemim atzmam kedeshit avulahim. Again, the lashon over here is bemakom shashudim, bemakom shashudim. But that's a that's a that's a concern. Now, the, right, that's a signal. Amar of Sheshat, Lo Amaran Ela Bibigdo. And it's only to when he puts the Bissamim on his garment where it stays, the fragrance stays. Aval Bigufo, Ze'ah He puts it on his body, what happens? After a couple of, who knows, if he's lucky, an hour, the Bissamim already wears off. The word is going to get on his clothes. The word is going to get on his clothes, correct. So therefore, because, because, because he wants to wipe the remnants off. So what is he going to do? He's going to go like this. So they're saying, instead of wiping the remnants on your clothes, uh, wipe the remnants on the shamosh, or wipe it on the, on the wall. Right, his remnants. So the other option the guy would have done is he would have wiped it on his clothes. And he has it on his clothes. And he's going to shit him from his So it says, Interesting. The se'ar, the hair, now that's the she'ala, guy has a beard. Guy has hair. How do you look at that? So one rabbi says, And one say, no, it's kegufo, and therefore there's no problem, because the ze'ah will wipe it away. The Gemara does not answer what it is. The Gemara is too shitot. There's a big nafkamina over here. Can a person on Shabbat put besamim on his beard? Because if you hold that the se'ar is like a beged. You're not allowed to put besamim on a beged on Shabbat, molid recha. If you hold that the se'ar is saro, so you're not going to have a problem. The Gemara over here is not makriya. The Gemara gives two two reasons. The Gemara says over here, se'aro is either kebegdo or kegufo. That's the two stadim. The Gemara is makriya. Since this whole Isur on Shabbat of Molid Rehaz Darabbanan, so we can be Makriya Lakel. So while it's a sur to take Besamim and pour it on your body, but it would be permissible to take deodorant and put it, not the uh, stick of course, but the spray. If you hold that Se'ar is considered Kegufo, it's not considered Molid Reha. Molid Reha. You're not allowed to put a, put a smell here. It's quite a smell. What is it? What is it? Why is that? 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 Why is that?
water on your hair. No, the inyan reyah. The inyan reyah. We're discussing does a reyah get stuck in your beard, and therefore you have a problem of a tamid hakam in the shuk, like a begid, or do you have a problem of? There's no, but, there's, but there's no issue of no. We're not, we're not comparing it to that. Meaning, Rabbi Sahita, you asking? Okay, so that will be the question. Is this Sa'ita by Sa'arot again? If you consider Sa'ar Kebegid, you'd have a problem. Huh? On the first round, you mentioned about the odorant. If you could put the odorant on. And I said? Same thing. You said if you hold it to Begid, Right, right, right. What's the reason why Tamir cannot go out at night alone? Mishum hajda, because they might choshed him that he's going to do something not proper. Zonot, that she says. Velo amran era de lo kaviyah leidana. It's only to the people that know that he has, he has a set shiur. If they know that every night he goes out and like he has a set shiur, no problem. But kaviyah leidana, medaya de the people know they're not kazir. But yetzibim and alayim and mitulim cannot go out with shoes that have patches on it. Misayana le rafchiyah bar abad amar rafchiyah bar abaginai u tamid hakam she yetzibim and alayim and mitulim. You should not go out with shoes. That have patches of Ginai. Ini, we have a contradiction. Vareb Hayabarabanafik, he went out. Amar of Morzutra, Peter of Nachman, Bittilae, Agabetilae. When we say it's a problem, when it's he's wearing a patch on a patch. One patch is okay, but if he's wearing a patch on his patch, that's already too much. It's only talking about on the top, the top part of the shoe that's visible. Aval, Begilda, the bottom, the sole of the shoe, let lamba. Ufanta, even on the top of the shoe, to amra'ela be'urha. That's only when he's outside on the road, where people can see it. Aval, be'beta, let lamba. But in his house, it's okay. Velo amra'ela be'motahama, where the shoe is not covered anyway with mud. So you, you see it, it's visible. You see the patch. That anyway, the shoe is covered with mud, so therefore let lamba. They don't see the patches anyway. Everybody's shoes are muddy anyway, so what's the difference? <laughs> but everybody's shoes are muddy. Everybody, that, that's normal. Uh, you can't, you can't, can't uh, the, 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 the streets. The streets were muddy, so the, big, the richest guy, if he wasn't that somebody carrying him, his streets, his shoes were dirty. So therefore. <laughs> It says, even if it's his wife, Tanya, we have a bright and a mecha, a filuhi ishto, a filuhi bito, a filuhi ahoto. The fi, shenako bikim bikrobotab, that everybody knows who his relatives are. Now, we want to explain over here the, uh, the order that this braita brings. It starts off with ishto, then it goes to bito, and then it says, a filuhu ahoto. The explanation we said was as follows. You don't look like your wife because you're not related to your wife. So therefore, the first one they say is Ishto. That's the worst one because uh, she, the, she, there's no resemblance. Now, Bito, they're already, there's, some, there's half resemblance because the Bito came from the man and the wife. So, there's a, so even though there's a resemblance, you can't. And then it says, which is the most resemblance because she came from the same parents. So it's going in order of the, of the Hashar over here. Lefi, she'enakol, bikiin, bikrobotav. Now, on this over here, Abotai, there's a. Um, Leaves out the mother. Yeah, you have a good point. Unless maybe mother's okay. 
because people know who the mother is. Maybe they know who the mother is. It's interesting. It's interesting. The mother they know. They right. Kibudav. Kibudem. You shouldn't talk to your daughter. You shouldn't talk to your daughter. In any event, so now there's a uh, the famous Mishnah Perkei Avot. The Mishnah says, "Ve'al terbesi ha'imaisha be'ishto amru kavahomer be'eshet havero." This is definitely something that people should be concerned about. Didn't say anything about dancing. No, that's, no. <laughs> that's why I don't want you to make that mistake. <laughs> don't only worry about talking. <laughs> that's why, 100%. You took it out of my mouth. <laughs> so now, there's a famous story with the Katska Rebbe. The Katska Rebbe was walking, and he sees uh, one of his tatmidim, you know, haggling in the market with, a, with the lady in the, in the store, you know, for half a shekel, whatever it was in, in Russia. You know, back, back a cup, back and forth. You know, yeah, yeah. I'll give you two. No, I want two and a half. No, I'll give you two. So the Rabbi Katskar said, the Mishnah that says, Al Tarbisi Haima Isha is not worth a half a coin to you. <laughs> give her a half a coin and walk away. What do you make a haggling with that? The words they got to talk to us. The Mishnah is not worth a half a coin to you. Get paid the full thing and then get out of here. But you see, you see over here, Rabotai, that it's very, 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 very strict. The Torah today, this Gemara is very, very, very current. Because the, the Torah knows that Arayot doesn't begin in the bedroom. That's the end of Arayot. Arayot, that's, that's too late already in the bedroom. Arayot begins over here, talking, a little talking here, and then you break the barriers. Now, society didn't come to this truth till now. Now with these new movements that the ladies are coming up, and now they're starting to put barriers. Now they're starting to put different systems where the way you talk at people, who you can talk to when you're touching and shaking and social... All, all of a sudden society starting to realize that maybe some of these rules over here were actually the right safeguards in order to protect people from the, from the major avon. It, it used to ridicule it, exactly. Ah, oh, this is barbaric, you know what I mean? Right. But now they're starting to realize that this was to keep society in check. Now, this is a higher level, because mm-hmm. that's already for hashad. They're not going to know that that's your wife, and therefore you're going to weaken the whole item. Because if people see you talking to a lady, oh, he talked to a lady, I can talk to a lady also. And before you know it, then society starts to... So this is a of tremendous siniyot. Ve'al yasev. Now, by the way, I just don't know, however, why this rule only applies to a tamid hacham. I mean, this rule should apply to. I mean, to everybody. The Mishnah Perkeavot says Al Tarbesi Haimaisha is talking to everybody. I don't know, I don't know why this specific is Tamir Hakam is bound by six things. The Besamim, I understand. There's a there's a Hashad maybe. I don't know why by Tamir Hakam also. I don't even know why that one's more than Tamir Hakam. Maybe just the Keruvim, meaning there's no problem for a guy to talk to his Keruvim. There's no problem if someone's Choshed him because he's not Tamir Hakam. It's a hashad of a tamid hacham. You mean? Yeah. Hashad of 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 the hashad of. I like that. Which means, which which means, the the issue over here is the hacham is not allowed to put himself in the hashad more than a regular person because it's a genai that a tamid hacham should be hashud. Although it's wrong for everybody to do it, but tamid hacham specifically. Yeah, that's, and the has to be on a higher standard. He can't even put himself in, uh, you know, hachat. Whereas other people might be allowed to do certain okay. things over here. Around, yeah, right? sister and all that. But hacham's got to be above uh, hachat of all these things. Okay, nice. 
Anyway, the Gemara's Va'al, Yassib Bahabura Shalam Meha'ar. Okay, you shouldn't sit with a group of Meha'aris. Maitama Dilma Atel Amshuke Batrayu. Person is a product of his society, and they're worried that, you know, before, uh, before not before long, the Acham will be drawn to the way of the Amaris. Bali Kanis Baharuna Lebeta Midrash. The Gemara says he shouldn't be the last guy to enter the Beta Midrash. So here it says, Mishum Dekari Le Dekaru Le Posheya. So it says they call him a Posheya, as she says, Metatzel, an Atzlan. Sometimes you see the Gemara uses the Lashon Posheya, not as somebody negligent, but Posheya is a, a synonym for an Atzlan. So the people are going to say, Look at this guy, Kaslan, the rabbi comes, the last guy in the shul over there, he's a lazy guy. Now, some Maharsha has a different Gersa here. He says, um, meaning that when all the students are there, if you remember, they would sit on the floor. So when the rabbi would walk in, it looks like he's stepping on their heads because they're sitting on the floor and he's higher. So the word says, I never was posseya. So they're saying you shouldn't, exactly, you shouldn't walk in the last one. Fine. He shouldn't take big strides. Now, why shouldn't he take big strides? The Amar Mor big strides. That taking big strides takes away a hundred one five hundredth of a person's eyesight. So the Gemara says, Maitakante. So how do you um, you know how do you how do you fix it? So that she says, Some say you drink the course of Friday night, some say you put your eyes in it, you look at it, some say you look at the Nerot, different, but here it's clearly, it's something in the Kiddush. You ever see before we make Kiddush, we look at the, that's to bring back the eyesight. So I saw an unbelievable explanation, just to explain this Gemara. Is it physical? Well, we believe the Gemara. The Gemara is saying there's something to do with eyesight and big steps. You know, we're not going to wait for the uh, the uh, New England Journal of Medicine to tell us that it's true. We believe it already from the from the, from the Hazal. Tosfot, of course, not here, but in another place where this Gemara is brought down, asked the obvious question. You tell me if you take 500 steps, the guy's going to go blind? Because it says, says, no, it's one five hundredth of of that. Or some say it's just the first step. Because called Hat Halot Kashot. The first step is, uh, that's where you learn it after that, Kevande Dash Dash. But still, a person wants that eyesight back. So I saw an explanation like this. That me'or enat can mean over here, besides the simple explanation, which is his eyesight, means his perspective, his judgment. So whenever we talk about me'or enav, it means the way he sees things, the way he judges things, the way he perceives things. And everybody wants to make sure that their judgments are correct. The problem is today, we're rushing. We're so busy rushing and coming and going, we don't have time to think. So our judgments are not uh, thought out properly. So the Gemara says, Pisi agasa, taking big steps means you're rushing. God, well, who takes a Pisi agasa? Somebody's always on the run. So now he has to make a decision what yeshiva is going to go to, what uh, schools, uh, what uh, his learning schedule, all important things. Uh, he's making it as waiting for a train, getting on a thing, on a way. So it's, it's notel mimeor enav. So the Gemara is saying, what's the solution to that? Shabbat. Shabbat comes, you make Kiddush, that's it, the Pesiagasa stops. Now you have one day to focus and analyze and think. All the noise and all the surround sound is quiet for 25 hours, and now you can sit and start to ponder 
you know, your spiritual life properly. So the 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 the, the antidote. The antidote for Pesiagasa is Shabbat. Finally, the Gemara concludes, A person should not walk hori in a erect you know, manner. The explanation they say is like this. What does it mean that he's docher like Shekhinah? So imagine Kaviachol, again, this is Mashal, that Hashem has the Kisei Kavod. So he's sitting on the Kisei Kavod. And what does the Pasuk say? Hashamayim Kisei. Veha'ariz Hadom Raglan. That means God says, My footrest is the Ariz. Like an Ottoman. He sits on the chair and he puts his feet on the Ottoman. What's the Ottoman? Veha'ariz Hadom Raglan. So therefore, if God's feet are here, so therefore, clearly, God is not going to uh, put his feet on the guy. He's not going to kick the guy. So he allows us to, to walk. However, if you're going to walk higher than you're supposed to, so now you're causing God to do what? To move his legs up. So, you're moving the regle Because God says, listen, I, I let you walk, but walk the minimum amount. Which means you're pushing up the arm and you're pushing up the regle. So, therefore, you're causing God to move from that spot and you're causing a halal. You're causing a halal in that spot where your holiness is standing. When a person lowers himself, the shekhinah is able to come down to that spot. So, therefore, the Gemara concludes and says, that the glory of God should be male. Thank <laughs> you.